Yo, 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 what is up, you candid little kittens? You're listening to Straight Up Candid, a podcast with yours truly, CLG. This is a safe and spicy space where I get down and talk dirty about all things candid. From sex, love, cringe stories, self-help tools, dating advice to dysfunctions, unpacking all kinds of taboo topics and uncomfortable conversations with all the spice and all the juice. We're not skimping on any details. I am so excited. I have a really, really special guest tonight. He is my first guest on this pilot episode and a really good friend of mine too. Dr. Francois Ellers is in the building and he will be discussing some really exciting topics with us tonight. Scream cream. Yes, ladies, you want to know what scream cream is? The O-Shot, it's exactly what you think it is. A Femi Lift, we even talk about threesomes. There's some fun things we speak about tonight, so you guys need to listen to this episode. Dr. Francois Ellis is a medical doctor and a graduate of uh, University of Stellenbosch with a postgrad qualification in emergency medicine and is an existing member of the Emergency Medicine Society of South Africa. Francois is the co-founder of Pearlsmend, which is a private multidisciplinary medical facility. Woo! A handful, a mouthful of things in the Pearls of Mschlange and is an owner of Aesthetic Options, also in Mschlange, one of Durban's most prestigious boutique medical spas. Yes, they do everything that you need there. Francois has received training and worked alongside renowned local and international medical practitioners, considered to be pioneers in their fields of aesthetic medicine. And he has also had the opportunity to travel abroad to attend international congresses in aesthetics. He is currently enrolled in an advanced diploma for aesthetic medicine and a fellowship with the Institute of Integrative Medicine with special interests in full facial rejuvenation thread lifting, as well as men's and women's sexual health. Francois is super passionate about a holistic approach to managing his patients through combining integrative, functional and aesthetic medicine and believes he can help them to achieve total biopsychosocial well-being. On tonight's episode, Dr. Francois Ellis and I discuss all things female pleasure. So I think you guys are going to want to give this one a little listen. Are we ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. (laughs) I'm so excited. This is my first podcast. This is my first pilot podcast. And guys, I am terribly, terribly excited to have the one and only Dr. Francois Ellers in the building, a.k.a. Dr. McSteamy himself. Hello, Francois. How are you doing? Carla Louise Gailey. I'm well. How are you? It's CLG the Great. Get it right. Of course it is. (laughs) I'm good. I'm happy, healthy, wealthy, kind and grateful, as I always say. As one should live life, right? And you? How are you? Oh, I'm super excited, hey? Congratulations. The first episode of Straight Up Candid. May it be the first of many, many more. Thousands, I hope. I think so. Uh, I'm excited. I am a little bit intimidated by this whole space, but I think it's something that... You know what? You know what they say about the power of manifestation, right? I've been sort of thinking about this for, well, thinking about it, talking about it, writing about it, kind of for like the last, I think, about eight, nine months. And um, this sort of 
kind of happened by chance. Um, I was called up by the radio and they were like, hey, do you want to do something cool? And I was like, yeah, this is so sick. I'm so excited. I mean, it's happened so quickly in the last like week to like no week and a half, everything sort of happened. And then I think leading up to sort of like trying to decide on who I wanted to have on my podcast, I was like, okay, so who is the correct person to have on my podcast to talk about all things Spice? I think I couldn't have asked for a better podcast guest for my first pilot. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Um, And I think this has sort of been like a long time coming. I mean, when did we meet? Last week? Last year? Last week. Listen to me. That would be really weird tough to put a date on it but yeah last year sometime mid to the end of yeah, the year yeah we met like by chance it was really kind of cool actually i was actually um at my gp's practice and he was <laughs> i'll never forget he was like him and i were having like a long chat and like him and i can really chat for hours um i know him and his family quite well and he was like oh my gosh i have this new doctor who's comes in he does consults here i really really want to introduce you to him you know he's an up-and-coming doctor he's new on the scene and i'm schlanger and belita and i was like okay cool like that sounds cool like that's weird that you want to introduce me to your you know fellow doctor friend and i was like okay kind of out of my depth here so like before you walked into the practice i was expecting and anticipating like a real sort of like learned like nerdy <laughs> no no offense to any doctors i mean i, mean, I can pull that look off as well you can 100 percent. but like you know like walking in i was expecting you to like walk in and be like hello my name is Radwa. like <laughs> but you literally walked into the practice and i was like oh damn who this man i was like okay hey <laughs> And then in walked Dr. Maximi. And then you literally like came in straight for the hug. And I was like, oh, wow, we're hugging now. This is cool. <laughs> now, we, now we're good friends. Pleasantly surprised interaction then. I mean, like, okay. So I knew what my first impression was with you. Like, what was your first impression of me? Uh, electric energy. Mm. That's what I felt. That's what I love to hear. Electric energy. I literally was just like, yo, what's up? I'm Carly. And then you were like, what's your full name? And I was like, Carla Louise Gailey. And he's like, CLG. And I was like, how do you know that? How do you know my name is CLG? He's like, I just guessed that. I was like, you stalked me on Instagram. I bet you. I'm like, nah, just kidding. And the next day, I think you invited me to a new practice in Amshlanga. That's right. Tell us about that. So, Pulls Med is a concept that uh, my cousin Vincent and I sort of came up with a little while ago due to the frustration that we had in public health. Yeah. We, um, you know, are quite limited in terms of resources and manpower there, and we wanted to change. We both uh, have a particular interest in surgery, mm. but, you know, uh, as, as things go, it doesn't always manifest the way that you want, and we weren't really keen to sacrifice too much of our lifestyle while, you know, hovering in this you know, indeterminate amount of time that we have to potentially spend instead while waiting either for posts or anything yeah. like that. Um, so we got together and uh, my dad's been, you know, in private practice for 40 odd years. Your dad's Leon. My yeah, dad Leon. is Leon, Dr. Leon, Leon Illers. And um, we try to find a solution to it. And we were driving around in Schlange the one day and uh, we saw this space in the pools and we thought, now, what is a better address in Mshlanga other than the pools? I mean, hello, literally and the jewels of Mshlanga. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, the, the concept is trying to provide primary health care to yeah. the private sector. So there's this concept in 
public health called a CHC or a community health clinic, and they are able to provide all the basic healthcare services, including allied healthcare services and radiology. And that's kind of what we wanted to replicate. So the, the term that people are coining for us is a one-stop shop. One-stop uh, shop. And uh, that's, that's sort of the idea here. We want to keep our, our patients under one roof, and that ensures for better patient management at the end of the day. And so, okay, so when did you guys open? Was sometime last year, right? Officially the 6th of September. Okay, nice. Um, have you, like, noticed, like, quite a nice sort of flow of, like, new patients, old patients, people coming in and just, you know, just feeling like they have that full turnkey one-stop shop kind of feel there? Definitely. Um, we see quite a variety of patients. So we've, I've had some patients follow me. So when I moved back from Cape Town in the end of Feb of last year, I was doing some locum work at my dad's medical practice in Mshanga Ridge. Um, and with Dr. Raul Hamlin in Belito. Nice. And um, as we were setting up the practice, a lot of the patients, you know, you form a bit of a relationship with them and they, they tend to follow you. Um, less so the ones from Belito. I don't know why distance is such an issue for people in Durban. I don't know what is a people in Belito. Like, I feel like it's such a short drive. It's like 20 minutes. I mean, it's 20 minutes. <laughs> it's 20 minutes and it's a beautiful scenic drive if you drive on the M4. Like, come on, guys. Exactly. I mean, if yeah. you've ever lived in Joburg or Cape Town, things are far away, you know. But, exactly. Uh, and they, it's not a bad drive. drive. It's not a bad drive if you're going to drive through to Pearl's Maiden and then, you know, be greeted by Dr. McSteamy. So you guys need to just... So let me not take the, <laughs> take the title of Dr. McSteam because, I mean, she died a glorious death and okay, uh, he should be honoured. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, we'll just do Dr. McSteam 2.0. How's that? So some people call me Dr. Frankie. Dr. Frankie. Okay, now, why do they call you Dr. Frankie? Because uh, um, my alter ego is actually Disco Frankie. So Disco Frankie. No, no, now I need to have so many questions. <laughs> so when I hang up the stethoscope after hours, um, if we're going to be out in the town, uh, Disco Frankie likes to come out. He likes to dance. Okay, so Disco Frankie likes to dance. I heard Disco Frankie likes tequila. Disco Frankie does like tequila. All kinds of tequila. Definitely not all kinds of tequila. Okay, He's got so a bit of a refined palate. Of course he does. Of course he has a refined... Okay, so tell us, if Disco Frankie had to go and order... A tequila. What is this tequila that he's going to order? I can't go wrong with my good friend, Mr. Don Julio. Mr. Don Julio. Oh, synapse all They call him the Don for a reason. <laughs> they call him the, the Don. Big boss. Okay. I actually, I've actually drank tequila with you a few times. We have. Um, and I think this is sort of like where the seed kind of was planted was um, one night we went out for dinner and we had some lots of tequila and we actually started talking about like quite a few of the topics that we're actually going to speak about tonight and i was sitting there and i was like oh this is such an interesting conversation yeah it's fueled by lots of tequila and you know all sorts of goodies but like we we were having such an interesting conversation it was so so candid and that's sort of like what i was super excited about um to talk about as a potential podcast conversation in the future and like at the time i was like oh, i'm not gonna podcast like this is crazy talk but then like when we we're talking i was like this could be a really interesting interview like we're sitting here talking about yeah we're talking about work and like interesting things and i think you had just been on like a uh, some course in joburg written aesthetic gynecology workshop aesthetic gynecology workshop that is a that is a mouthful okay so tell us okay diving right into aesthetic gynecology like this is something i'm so excited to speak about okay so tell us about this workshop and then we're going to go into the other things, all cool. the fun things. Uh, so the workshop happened at a congress. It's the Aesthetic Medicine Congress of South Africa. It was in Pretoria, I think, in September of last year. Yeah. And there's an esteemed and established uh, gynecologist with the name of Dr. Natalia Novikova. 
that runs the workshop. So there's a Aesthetic Gynecology Society of South Africa, and she is, I believe, the president of that society. And a couple of times a year, um, you know, when COVID wasn't around, they would host workshops to educate uh, doctors on all the services that are available that revolve around aesthetic gynecology. So it's quite a wide field, um, but people don't know about it. No, people don't know. I mean, when I started speaking about sort of like the topics that I was going to speak about with you tonight with some of my friends leading up to this recording day, um, they were like, what on earth is some of these names that you're talking about, Carla? I'm like, well, I need to listen to my podcast so that you can hear about these things because Francois has got all the goods. I think when you hear the term like gynecology like people are always like immediately deterred like they're like no way like i don't want to speak about this because it's such a personal thing but it's also an empowering thing right and i think like what you guys are doing what like you're learning to do and like what you're continually learning and doing is really sort of empowering women to feel better about themselves in so many ways more than just you know physically but like you know medically as well and i think from a gynecological point of view, is that correct? I think it just sort of like helps them truly understand their bodies and like sort of understand, you know, like where they're at sort of from like a, from a sexual health point of view as well as from a pleasure point of view. I oh, need to know. That actually reminds me. No, uh, I know, there's here, nothing. There's here with my price of admission as requested oh by CLG the Great for research purposes only. Ladies and gentlemen, we have ourselves this is a <laughs> read, read the top one. i'm physically finished okay what am i reading there you go 27 scream cream 30 grams versatile 4.00 pearl made 2021 10th scream cream that's all you need to know that's all i need to know scream cream okay keep it I'm in the fridge Okay, so I'm just keeping it in the fridge. Okay, I have so many questions about this. Okay, so we spoke about this and you promised me that you would give me some of this to test out. And I was like, so excited. And then I didn't get any until now. It's like February, 2022. Now you need to tell me about this because I, uh, anyone who's listening right now is probably like, what on earth is Scream Cream? Please tell us. Okay. Well, I hope that the Scream Cream might be the vector to uh, you know, remove some of the taboo around female sexual dysfunction yes so i mean female sexual dysfunction is quite a wide term and uh, not very well known everybody knows about male sexual dysfunction in the form of erectile dysfunction yeah but female dysfunction goes quite far and much further okay so it might include things like you know painful sexual intercourse dryness uh it even includes stress urinary incontinence and the inability to achieve orgasm oh. so i'm not sure if you're aware but viagra was actually uh an accident the discovery thereof it was, no it was quite lucky how was it an accident i thought it was like some male species going like oh we really want to get it up really long <laughs> no so um they actually created the drug to treat high blood pressure and something called angina which is chest pain yeah yeah okay. I know about that. and um they they were doing these studies and i think one super smart researching doctor went around to do his ward rounds and he was asking patient john smith you know so now how are you experiencing any chest pain today today and uh, he probably went no but i've got a raging erection so <laughs> i'm finished they, oh my gosh they did some investigation and then it became fda approved for erectile dysfunction that is insane and uh, so wait, did they like discover that he actually had erectile dysfunction like no was no that no, no i don't think that he actually had erectile dysfunction they just noted that these men all started having he was being affected by this medicine correct. and that it was actually just making him have a crazy heart that's insane precisely 
I am absolutely done. Okay, so that was an accident. Like, I mean, how long ago was that? Like, how long has that been around for? Uh, you're going to have to fact check me on that one. But, fact um, check, but a long time. You know, probably at least 50 to 60 years. See now, okay, now I have a question on that note. So there's been, let's say Viagra has been around for like 50, 60 years, right? How long has there been like studies based on female dysfunctions like happening? So, um, you know, there are these doctors called uh, masters and forget the other doctor's name. That's okay. They, they basically did the majority of the research involved with sex. And oh, Masters of Sex, like that TV series. Correct, yeah. Masters yes, of I sex. watched that. Uh, I just forget the other doctor's name. We should not discredit her. but No, 100%. That's the, fine. We the, can just the, two, the two of them basically did the majority of the research um, into arousal and orgasm and the complexity of what an orgasm actually is. Yeah. Male and female. Right. Um, so how long it's been studied, you know, before them, who knows? I mean, it can yeah. go probably back to, you know, ancient Greek times. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the ancient Grecians, they were pretty sexual characters and uh, they were quite with it, you know. So I'm sure they knew what was up. Um, but how long it's actually been a massive focus in modern research, not too sure. However, there's a lot more light being shone on the uh, idea and concept of it. So... I'm happy that this topic is coming up because yeah. sex and female sexual dysfunction is still massively taboo, even in our modern society. And I think it's also because, like, I think men sort of feel, and I'm just speaking generally, sort of like from my own experiences, I'm not speaking in a general sense, like, please don't, no one just hate me and don't at me on social media. Thank you. But what I'm saying is, like, men have always, in my experience, have felt, like, more sexually empowered and, like, have felt sort of more free to speak about this freely with their friends, you know, amongst themselves um, and like have been maybe more happier to take these forms of things that sort of like help them like Viagra or these other sort of like tablets and all thing, thing, things. I don't really know. I don't have a penis. So I wouldn't know what that feels like. But like women, from my experience, like being a woman is like, yes, we're comfortable to talk about sort of, you know, our own sexual experiences amongst our friends, but we're not necessarily... Um, we don't feel empowered enough to be able to go and explore like how to enhance that and how to, you know, further our own sexual exploration within ourselves, within, with our partners. Um, and I think like now, you know, we've got some really cool things we want to talk about, but like now more than ever, I think that you're sort of like one of like the, the coolest doctors on the blog who's like really keen to be able to speak about this and also sort of, um, you know, promote this kind of conversation with your patients, with, you know, potential patients, and um, with anyone who feels like this is a, a really taboo conversation or something that they're struggling with, but they're su struggling with silently. And I think tonight we're here to talk about, like, some of the cool things and, like, starting with, starting with the scream cream. Like, I'm so excited. Okay, I have questions. Questions. Go for it. Okay, so what does this do? Because... This looks like an intimidating bottle, but because it looks pretty medical, like it doesn't have like a pretty flower on it, but like or like I don't know some pink fucking stripes. I mean, you're not going to find that at Lady Jane, right? I'm not going to find that at Lady Jane, but shout out to Lady Jane, we love you, girl. Um, okay, so now tell me, like, how does one get? A, okay, now I've got so many questions. Let's start from the beginning. What is this? All right. So Scream Cream is the closest thing that we have to female Viagra at the moment in terms of medical management. Okay, So unfortunately, all those studies that they did 
on Viagra, they found that it actually doesn't work in, in females, you know, so while Mr. John Smith so was having... So women have tested it, right? Yeah, they tested yeah. it on women, yeah. Okay. Okay, so while Mr. John Smith was able to get uh, his boner, unfortunately, patient Joanna Smith, not so much, okay? <laughs> Her lady boner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really mature. No, we just, I'm so mature. I just, you know, carry on. Right. So um, basically they try to create something that can be applied externally with the hope that the mucosa of the vagina can absorb it to an extent. Layman terms. Layman terms. The uh, outside layer. Right. Got you. Okay. Good to know. Okay. And... Yeah, I mean, we get pretty good reviews. Remember, it's not really going to give you the same effect as Viagra might. Okay? Yeah. But it does have some response. Uh, everybody's different. Unfortunately, everybody's bodies are always different. And what people need to remember is the largest sex organ at the end of the day is the brain. Okay, so Right. It's all in the mind. It's all in the mind. Okay. Cool. Okay. Got a placebo effect, kind of. No, we still got really. a medical effect, but it has a little bit like you effects. have to at least like relax into it and enjoy it. Exactly. I mean, you you'll never be able to enjoy sex if you're not comfortable and feel and safe. And not present, right? right? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Right, Jinx, you owe me a coke. <laughs> I'll get you a macchiato. How's that? Hundreds. Cool. Done. So uh, this is something that you can only get from a doctor. It's doctor prescribed. It gets compounded by pharmacy. Um, so it would need to. You know, we'd need to go through a consultation, try and figure out you know, where are the problems. And this is a probable solution, but probably not the solution. Okay, so at the end of the day, we like to think of multimodal treatment when it comes to certain things. And what I mean by that is not a single solution, but maybe one of two or three things to get right. you back to where you need to be. Like a, like a nice recipe for solutions. Exactly. Like part of the recipe, like one of the ingredients. Yeah. Okay. All right. So medically prescribed. So, okay. So how would someone, if someone was listening to this right now and they were like, oh my gosh, I also want to get that scream cream that Carla's got. Like, what do they just need? Like a book and a consultation with you and say like, look, yeah, this is the sort of issues that I'm having. And then that could potentially be one of the solutions to it. Or is it, I know you said, you know, it's not just freely given. Um, is this something to to solve a problem or one of the one of the the solutions to solve a problem or is this something to enhance as well both okay right so um a a lot of females struggle with sexual desire Mm -hmm. okay libido if you will okay And, and as we mentioned libido very much gets driven by your brain but uh it can also be influenced by a whole lot of other things so if you have for example a hormone imbalance no amount of scream cream is ever going to correct your libido right? we we need to go and correct the problem so low 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 libido is a symptom but it's a symptom of what we need to figure out what is the the disease and and the disease would at the end of the day be a hormone imbalance so you can't always do a consultation and say here's some scream cream you know that's your solution yeah you got to look at the entire person sitting in front of you and that's why i don't always like to uh, talk about patients because patients at the end of the day are also people you know so you don't absolutely. you don't treat the patient you treat the person and every person's different absolutely yeah so it's it's a solution but not the it's solution. not the solution like like it's just one of the one of the ingredients precisely mm. okay so we've spoken about what it is i want to know okay so how was it applied 
I'm, I'm asking for a friend. I'm not asking for myself <laughs> uh, at all. And also, how does one use this? Like, is it best used for like solo use or intercourse or what? Like, I'm very co- so preferably very daily use. Okay. Daily, okay. Daily. So what, like daily after use. you've had your co- coffee in the morning, like I mean, find find where rock. it fits into your routine, whether it's at the start of the day or the end of the day. You know. Okay, so. but how does it affect you? Like, and like, what time frame does it affect you? Like immediately? Like in the next hour? Does everyone so there, there are ingredients in there that you will feel straight away, okay? And it might be quite similar to tinking lube for anyone who's right. ever experienced that. So you'll feel something, you okay, know? Okay, okay. But um, a, a lot of it will only start happening a couple of minutes, maybe even a couple of hours later. Yeah. A- and the idea is to keep the area primed, if you will. Yeah. Okay, so okay. A- always ready. Yeah. Um, and that's why we prescribe daily use. That's interesting. Okay. So it's not like your, your, okay. Cause I was trying to, that was going to be my next question is like, what is the difference between this and like your regular, like lube that you could buy from like clicks or just game? It's obviously so different. It is very different. But like for someone who doesn't know what the difference is, tell me what the difference is. So because there are, there, I'm still there, are, there are active ingredients in there. One of which is basically Viagra in a cream form. Okay. okay. So they realized that. I see testosterone in here. <laughs> I'm not going to start growing a so, beard, am I? <laughs> not at all. So fun fact, uh, testosterone is the main hormone responsible for libido. Okay, okay got men, you. Men and women. Women obviously have a, a much lower amount floating around in their blood. Yeah. Okay, but it is the hormone responsible for improving libido. And the amount that gets absorbed is negligible. So it will never be a systemic amount. So it won't yeah. affect your bodily systems. But the local effect is there. Okay, okay. So there'll be sort of like relatively immediate effect sort of straight after it's been applied. Yeah. And then the difference, you know, is the active ingredients between, you know, like general lube, which is used for lubrication. Precisely. Right? Versus like the active ingredients that actually make you feel something and that actually sort of enhance. Yeah, and it improves arousal. Right, okay. So this is an interesting, interesting concept for me because... A, I've never ever tried screen cream, and B, probably gonna try it. And you guys should probably try it too, but only after a consultation with Dr. Francois. Um, okay, so the screen cream, like how how did they how did they come about this? Like, and how did you discover it? Because I'm very curious how you were like, oh, screen because you mentioned it when we were drinking tequila. You were like, oh, I've got this thing called screen cream. But like, how did you discover it? Is this just part of like your sort of research or was this part of the workshop that you did? No, no, so this was not part of the workshop. Um, I've got a particular interest in something called functional and integrative medicine. It basically tries to look at medicine and uh, not really focus on the disease, but more on the person and their presenting complaint and how to prevent progression of disease as opposed to just treating it. Um, And, uh, you know, part of the things that we prescribe in functional and integrative medicine, a lot of them are, uh, I'm sure you've walked around Discam or any other pharmacy and you've seen in the vitamin section a brand called Solal. Yes. Okay, so so Solal focuses on a whole bunch of things, minerals, micronutrients, vitamins, um, and, and that's sort of where functional medicine falls into place. We've realized that these compounds all play certain roles in bodily functions. And uh, I think a bunch of clever people just got together and, you know, whacked a couple of ingredients together to experiments and they found that it worked. And that's, uh, I believe, how Scream Cream was born. 
Jeez. So there's no Wikipedia page on it. But, oh, okay. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, it says, use as directed by doctor. Okay, so please, you can't just grab this thing out of your friend's cupboard and just start using it. You have to listen to your doctor. Okay, Dr. Fonsuelas. And uh, use it as they direct you to do use it. Because um, I've just had my initial consult, so I'm good to go. <laughs> <laughs> give you a full feedback next week yes please um, um okay but there were so many other things okay so there were so many things that you were speaking about the other day and i was just like yo, there's just so many they, like when it comes to sort of like sexual health there are so many different ways to enhance it and you know like make women feel you know like they can reach a certain place in their sort of ex- sexual experiences um and one of the things that you mentioned was um O shot. What is the O shot? Okay, I did a bit of research and I was like, "Whoa, okay, we need to talk about this." You need to tell me more about this O shot. Let's just go with what is the O shot. The O shot is a revolutionary procedure, and this is something that we went into quite a bit of depth when revolutionary, revolutionary. Okay. I did not stutter. Uh, at the mm. Aesthetic Gynecology Workshop with Dr. Natalia Novikova, who's been doing this for a very long time. So, I mean, she has got thousands of testimonials, I'm sure, of patients who have experienced the O-Shot. It was uh, created and trademarked by a doctor called Charles Runnels in the United States, who had a particular interest in regenerative medicine. And essentially what happens is we take some blood and in our blood there are platelets. And when we take your blood, it's usually about a tablespoon amount, so 15 mils, we put it in a centrifuge, spin it off, and the gravitational force separates those different constituents of your blood. We discard the red cells. And what's left is something called PRP or platelet-rich plasma, so a high concentration of platelets. And the way to think about PRP or plasma is if you've ever fallen down as a kid and scraped your knee, it's that gooey yellowy stuff that you see once you scrape off the scab. Okay. Okay? And it's basically responsible for regeneration. Mm -hmm. So you were able to grow a new skin there because of your platelets. the start of it, yeah. Exactly. And these platelets have a bunch of growth factors and they are all basically precursors to multipotent stem cells. So they can become a whole bunch of things. But the one that we are particularly interested in when it comes to the O-Shot is something called vascular endothelial growth factor. A mouthful for basically just saying that... Jeez, that is a mouthful. This stuff can make new blood vessels. Okay, Mm. And that's kind of what we want. And where we see a lot of success in PRP is uh, with hair restoration, yeah. Okay, but it's applicable almost everywhere on the body. We can do it on the face, and it was made famous by Kim Kardashian with the vampire facelift or the okay. vampire facial, facial, yeah, precisely. Um, and the, it's actually PRP has been around for many, many years. Uh, it gets it was specifically used in orthopedic surgery for for joint injections, so regenerating joints and tendons, in dentistry for for healing of gums and even in uh, veterinarial sciences. So vets used to use it to inject the joints of thoroughbred racehorses. So, I mean, the technology has been around for a long time. Yeah. Dr. Charles Runnels just decided to take it a step further and uh, test something out. The first person he ever injected with PRP in the vulva area was his own wife. No way. Yeah. <laughs> what a, what a, what so a person guys, to like experiment all, all on. All the ladies around Durban and the rest of the world should actually... You Thank know, her. Exactly. Thank her for being the guinea pig of this. Precisely. That is wild. 
you know, so she actually didn't have any sort of dysfunction. Um, according to him, she was actually very hypersexual. Yeah. But just was fascinated in the idea of how the this PRP could regenerate tissue and mm. asked him to inject it in and around her vagina. Okay, so the O-shot, what is it? Because this is sort of like a bit of an intimidating thing. Like, I mean, for me, someone who doesn't understand it well enough, I don't think I'm going to like book a consult and be like, hey, can I please have an O-shot? Like, I have no idea what it entails, how painful it is, you know, how invasive it is, like what is the healing time? There's so many questions that run through my head as a woman who has a vagina, who's like, how on earth does, how does this affect me? And like, what is the healing time? And, you know, like, what what can I expect? Sure. So what people need to understand is PRP comes from your own body. Yeah. Okay, it's your own blood. So there is zero possibility of any type of anaphylactic or allergic reaction to it. Okay. Okay. Which is good. However, um, people aren't aware of it. So they'll never come to your office and say, I want the O-shot unless they've had it before or they've had a friend who've had it mm. and they, they are interested. Word of mouth, like ex- spoken about it over, the, over a glass of wine. Yeah. Exactly. So um, what the procedure entails, it's an outpatient procedure. It takes 15 to 20 minutes to do. Uh, a little bit of numbing cream is applied to the outside, but it's actually yeah. not painful whatsoever. The feedback that we get is a little bit of a burning sensation, but, okay. but very manageable. Yeah, nothing like too unbearable. Exactly. So the yield that we get from the blood that we spin off into the centrifuge, the amounts of PRP that we get on average between six to eight moles. Okay. And then we can go and strategically inject those six to eight moles of PRP in various areas of the vulva. So we would inject it into the actual vaginal canal. That's going to improve lubrication, sensation. It's actually going to make it feel a little bit tighter and firmer because there is collagen and fibroblasts being stimulated. We actually inject it into the area right underneath the urethra, uh, the G-spot. Yeah, it's like, well, there's an enhancement over there, ladies. So there's a doctor called Dr. Grafenberg who yeah. coined the term G-spot. Okay, he and coined it. It was that his name. Well, yeah, he was I mean, like, "I'm coining this one." I think it was called the Grafenberg spots, and then they <laughs> they just decided just, to like Grafenberg is not sexy. Like. Yeah, especially if you said it with a German accent, like Grafenberg. <laughs> you know, no one wants a Grafenberg. No, no one wants a Grafenberg spot. I'm done. I'm finished. <laughs> Okay, so, so um, he coined the word G-spot, uh, yeah. Exactly, so we inject some into the G-spot, and the idea is that, according to Dr. Grafenberg, the female urethra is the most sensitive and erotic part on the female body. No he way. Be- he believes that every part of the female body is, you know, a, an erotic zone. It can be earlobes, it can be lips, it can be the neck, it can be nipples, but he thinks that the urethra is the most erotic part. So we inject it right underneath that, and that uh, piece of spongy tissue, and then finally into the clitoris. That is insane. Okay, so how long after this, like, this entire procedure? Because for me, it's uh, I'm terrified of needles. So, like, this sounds like, but I, you never know. Like, maybe I'm going to be like, hey, let's do this. Um, how, how long after does, like, one actually start feeling sort of the difference? So the, the testimonials that we get is that it, it's almost instant in the sense oh, of, no the, of the following. So because we're injecting volume into tissue, those tissues become engorged. Okay? So what yeah. a lot of people don't know about the anatomy of the clitoris is that uh, what you see on the outside is not all what it is. Yeah. Okay? It's the tip of the iceberg. And what literally. You see, <laughs> literally. 
So what you see on the outside is equivalent to the glance of a male penis or the head. Yeah. Okay. But there's also a shaft. It even has legs. Okay. No. The clitoris has legs. No, okay. it doesn't. And I'm, and I'm two dumb. and two bulbs. All right. What? Yeah. Legs and bulbs. Legs and bulbs. Okay. You're so many questions. Right. Okay. So. The, the, what you see is just the tip of the iceberg, ladies exactly. and gentlemen. Please just remember the tip of the iceberg. So uh, once you inject this PRP, um, it causes engorgement of all this tissue. And that feeling of swelling is very erotic for women. Yeah. So they immediately become hypersexual in the initial phase for the first couple of days. Okay, Then it kind of dies off. Right, Right, but it's not painful like, like leading up. It's not, okay, so you said there's like a bit of a burning sensation. But like after that... It's not like they're going to feel sort of aroused and then painful at the same time. No. It's like an act on what they want to do. There's there's no downtime. Okay, no. there's no downtime, ladies. Obviously, okay. we probably wouldn't recommend getting frisky on the first day. Yeah, yeah. But just from, just, let your coochie just two. relax, okay? Please, <laughs> let your coochie relax. I mean, it's been through a little bit of a time, okay? Right. So um, I mean, once that initial phase sort of settles down, uh, it takes about two to three weeks for the PRP to actually do its magic. Okay. Right. For those growth factors to start creating and rejuvenating the tissue and for the stem cells to go and do all the healing that it does. Okay. So, I mean, some people probably feel it instantly. You know, maybe once the cells have regenerated. I don't know all these medical terms. I'm not that smart. Um Okay, so like for for women who like what is what is like the ideal woman to walk through your door to be like okay I or you know boy, you know what I mean like who's the who's the correct or like the ideal type of patient to come through your door and be like this is the kind of person who needs this is it generally people who are feeling these dysfunctions or have low libido or have low sexual desire. Um, or is it just someone who, you know, wants to just enhance their sexual experiences? We've honestly seen every variety of patient come through really? our doors. So whether they have an actual dysfunction um, or they just would like to take their sexual experiences to the next to level. To the next level. Okay, so this is not this is not like a procedure for someone who has a dysfunction. So for anyone who's listening to this, like this is not something for you to think that if you've got a dysfunction or there's something wrong with you but if you're wanting to really enhance your sexual experiences with your partner with your partners whoever it is that you or with yourself this is the kind of this is something like a really cool solution but obviously you need to consult your doctor first who specializes in these o shots and um i think a good place to start would be pills made with dr francois it is um but it just seems like it's such a it's such a nice, well, for a lack of a better word, a nice way for women to just feel like they're like gaining their power back, like they're taking their power back within their own sort of, you know, sexual experiences and their bodies and their own pleasure. Because I think one of the things sort of what I've had lots of conversations with my female friends about is one of the most common factors or themes that comes up is that a lot of my friends have never ever ever experienced an orgasm before and i think that's crazy like i like a lot of the times i'm like how how is that even possible like well what does it feel like i'm like well i can't tell you what it feels like because what i've experienced is different to what you experience but i think you'll know you know but is this is this sort of like one of the solutions i'm not going to say the ultimate solution but this is revolutionary like you said for women who have not been able to achieve orgasm 
to be able to, you know, go for something like this. So let's talk about some fun facts quickly. I so, love a fun fact. Let's go. It's like a chappy rapper. Let's go. So about one in 10 women struggle to reach orgasm or have never reached orgasm. Okay, Whether that be an outside orgasm or clitoral orgasm or an inside orgasm. And we call that a, a penis and vagina orgasm. Mm. Okay. About four out of five women have some sort of sexual, uh, sorry, four out of 10 women have some sort of sexual dysfunction, whether it's painful intercourse. Four out of 10. Four out of 10. That's a high stance. <laughs> Correct. Okay. Uh, but uh, it's on a spectrum. That's yeah. what we have to remember. So it can either be painful intercourse, it can yeah. be a lack of lubrication, it can just be general decreased arousal or libido. Yeah. And about one in 20 women uh, have stress urinary incontinence, and that's the involuntary leakage of urine. So you can imagine us sitting here and me cracking a joke, you laughing, and then all of a sudden you like dribble a bit. Basically, oh no. Right. Kind of like a little pee yourself a little bit. So you can imagine, imagine how debilitating that is. And it's actually one of the reasons why, um, you know, and this is quite sad actually, but why uh, children put their mothers in old age homes. It's not because mom can't remember anymore or she's unable to take care of herself. It's because she smells like urine. No. Yeah. That is insane. So we don't want to keep changing her nappies or you yeah. know, cleaning up the couch. Yeah. So rather let somebody else take care of that. And this, okay, so, okay, we're going to talk about a lot of things tonight. But like, you know, that's one of the factors. Like that's one of the factors why women aren't able to sort of achieve orgasm or you know climax or whatever you want to call it um and this is obviously a great solution it is a great i mean it's a revolutionary solution like you said i feel like if anyone who's listening to this and you have not experienced the big o well i think we found a solution first of all we've got scream cream which i will have to give you guys a, an update on how that works and um Maybe not, maybe not on this podcast. Who knows? Maybe when we do our follow-up podcast. How's that? Sounds good. Um, and, uh, and then the second one is the O-Shot. And, I mean, we've just heard Francois talk about all the benefits and sort of like how it works. And it doesn't sound like it's something that's invasive or or has any downtime. So, ladies, if you want to get the shot done and you want to get freaky with your partner, you know what to do. So, that doesn't sound like a terrible idea. Okay. So there was one other thing that you spoke about, but there's actually a few things I want to ask you about. But like, there's another one that I wanted to know, like, how is this different to the Oshan? Is the Femi lift, is that right? That's right. Say that right? Yeah. Okay, so what is the difference between the Femi lift and the Oshan? So while the Oshan focuses more on orgasm enhancement, the, the Femi lift has got a bit of a, a different goal in mind with its treatment. So what the Femilift is, it's a carbon dioxide laser. And you can imagine it's quite similar to if you ever had to go to a gynae and they do a vaginal ultrasound. We use yeah. a, a single-use hygienic probe and that gets inserted into the vaginal canal and it uses uh, laser energy to basically shoot off little beams and that creates collagen in the more deeper layers of the vagina so it gets mainly used for for two reasons but it has many other benefits number one is for vaginal tightening okay, okay. so as we age as our hormones fluctuate and certain 
you know, especially patients that have had normal vaginal deliveries, they tend to have some laxity. Okay, yeah. so partners might complain that it might not be as tight as what it used yeah. to, and that creates a bit of a you know a self confidence issue. So this addresses that self confidence as well as like an actual like a sexual issue between partners. Precisely. Yeah. Uh, and then secondly, it addresses stress urinary incontinence. So we often see that stress urinary incontinence is due to a lack of supporting pelvic structures. And yeah. once again, it's age, genetic predisposition, having normal vaginal births. Um, and the older technology used to focus on using bulking agents. So they actually inject something like a gel next to your urethra to hopefully suspend your urethra up into the air so that it doesn't leak okay Jeez. or they used to go do surgery where they do something called suspension or a sling um and you know that's pretty invasive and the results are not as good as what they appear so this addresses that so the uh femilift those are the two main indications for it but it also assists with um, recurrent infections, with dryness, and overall feminine area rejuvenation because it's not just internal, because it's a laser, we can actually do external rejuvenation. So whether it's pigment or yeah. Uh, yeah, along the lines of... Just any kind of rejuvenation really in that area. Precisely. Okay, so this is a bit... So I thought they were like similar, but they're definitely different. Like the one sort of like stimulates um, like pleasure, whereas the other one is maybe a little bit more of like um, a tightening confidence booster. Um, so women sort of take this after they've either been through childbirth or they've lost sort of tightness there. Yeah. And I think I think that's, that probably is sort of like a massive thing. And I think... I, I haven't experienced this personally, but like I'm pretty sure I've heard some of my ratchet male friends say, like, oh, she's such a loose chick. Like, that is a horrible thing to say about a woman, but it's a genuine thing that could happen if someone's, you know, either just that way genetically or if they've experienced childbirth and that's sort of like what's caused it. So if you're looking for something that is going to help you in that sense and you feel like that is something that you and your partner are experiencing or you're experiencing with your partners. There's no judgment here. Um, this is this seems like a pretty good solution to be able to like help you regain that confidence and feel empowered with your own tightness of your vagina. And um, I mean, the Femilift, the O-Shot and the Scream Cream are three things that you've just mentioned. I mean, I'm pretty sure that there's so many more things like... I want to ask you, because we spoke about this at dinner that one night after many, many tequilas. How does this relate to, okay, I'll never forget this term that uh, Francois said to me. He said, designer vagina and Gucci coochie. I was finished, like absolutely done. And I was like, I'm dying to know how does this relate to any of those three things that we're talking about? Is this like a totally different concept? Completely. What? How is this, how is the vagina so complex? I don't understand. Right, it looks so inconspicuous. Right? I mean, and then we get something called the designer vagina. Gucci Gucci. Doc, please. Humor me. Tell me about this concept. So while the femilift and the O-shot are considered non-invasive methods of female rejuvenation, the labiaplasty basically looks at the cosmetic 
like appeal aspect of it right yeah. so what people need to understand in females especially is there's no normal okay there are only yeah. variations of normal but a lot of girls get self um that they, they lose confidence because of what it looks like like you're self-aware and they're like is this normal am i normal yeah they, they get they get self-conscious then and that's it there, there is no normal what you perceive as normal is you know what you've been exposed to in your life whether yeah. whether it's you know what your moms look like or what you've seen on television yeah but just know that what you have is already normal okay um however what a a gucci coochie or a designer <laughs> vagina is, i'm so ready for this is it involves a procedure called the labiaplasty and it's a surgical procedure mm -hmm. so when it comes to female genital anatomy we've got labia majora and we've got labia minora labia majora are the outside lips and labia minora are the inside lips and from time to time they can hang a little bit further out yeah. than what people are happy with and what they're confident with yeah precisely okay so how the labiaplasty works is we go and excise or cut that little bit of labia minora that hangs there and tuck it in. So okay. that it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, what are those things called? Like a tummy tuck, except except for your vagina, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> is that I mean, is that like like in layman's terms? Like that's you kind of just like getting rid of the excess. Exactly. I mean, it sounds like a little bit more painful. And I don't know if I'm probably going to go through that. I don't even know if I need that. Who knows? Not at all. Not not if you had to come to us. So as I've mentioned, my background is in emergency medicine. Yes. So my dad, Dr. Leon, has gone through extensive training in Europe with the European Society of Aesthetic Gynecology. And he is uh, certified to do the procedure. Right. And uh, what I'm able to provide is sedation and pain relief yes so okay it's a, it's a it's a day procedure patients usually come in in the morning i make them comfortable and make them forget <laughs> make them comfortable forget i mean two things that we just love to do is just, <laughs> just make me comfortable and make me forget does that ever happen so i actually have a very interesting story of one of the labiaplasty cases that we did not too long ago please humor me so she was quite a, a young girl. She was 18 years of age in school, but it was something that's been bothering her for a very long time. And that's a really young age to feel like not confident. It is, but you can imagine that if, if, it's, a sick, if it's affecting your psyche, it's going to affect other factors and aspects yeah. of your life. Yeah. So she had a consultation with my dad and he offered her the solution. And I'll be honest, you know, uh, when, when we saw her together, I personally wouldn't have thought that what is an issue, but nonetheless, it, it was to her. So it was, it was, it was not, it was not excessive. Let's try that one more time. <laughs> it was not excessive, but still, um, we have to try and address the patient's concern. Yeah. So uh, usually when I do any type of procedure, whether it's Botox or fillers or anything, I like playing music. Disco Frankie likes to dance. Disco Remember Frankie, that. here he is. Disco Frankie in the house. But sometimes mm -hmm. I take requests. Right? Okay, so did she, did she give you a request? She, she made a request. Uh, and Please don't tell me it was Taylor Swift. It wasn't Taylor Swift, oh, but it was Justin Bieber. Oh no, that's even worse. Okay, Justin so, um, Bieber. Justin Bieber's obviously touring. We love JB. Of course we do. <laughs> we love JBs. And um, so usually I I'll play some music to, <laughs> one more time. <laughs> I got my peaches out of Georgia. Oh, I sound good on this radio. Carry on. 
So um, we started playing some music while we were prepping everything. And as the music's playing, you know, the medication goes in. So you start getting a little bit sleepy and a little bit comfortable. Yeah. Uh, so the music plays in the background. The procedure went very well. Um, it was a, a great success and uneventful. So that was good. Mom arrived to come and fetch her because obviously she's a bit doped up. She can't drive anywhere. Oh. And uh, I was outside talking to her mom and I said, look, she's going to be sleepy for a bit while she wakes up from the medication. Would you just like to come and sit next to her? So her mom says, actually, I want to start recording her. She actually made a specific request for me to record her once no. she starts waking up. This is like those kids who get their wisdoms taken out in America. And yes. they're like, who are you? So I tell her mom, please sit next to her, you know, hold her hand, start talking to her, call her by name, and slowly but surely she'll start waking up. And um, her, her mom was talking to her, and the music was playing in the background, and next thing she starts waking up and she starts bobbing her head like this. Wait, to Justin Bieber? To Justin Bieber. No, okay. stop and, it. And then, like, her lips start moving, and then it's like, as long as you love. <laughs> she starts singing. Next thing, she, like, wakes up, points at me, and sings, as long as you love. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, her mom... Her, her mom and I are in stitches, and then she goes, Francois, and I'm like, yes. And she's like, will you marry me? Wait, the, wait, the patient says this. The, the patient says this. No, I'm physically, I'm finished. She, she asked me if I would marry her. So I said, you know, is this your proposal? Like, is this how it's going to be? Yeah, and... Uh, Waking up from anesthetic. <laughs> and like, is this your proposal? Where's the ring? And she goes, the labia is the ring. Oh, no! The labia that you just cut off is, is the ring. Um, well. Ladies and gentlemen, this is how Francois almost got uh, nabbed by an 18-year-old patient of his who wanted to get married to him with the sounds of Justin Bieber playing in the background with a labia ring. So I think a mom will definitely play that video at her 21st someday. Oh my goodness. At every subsequent birthday. <laughs> at like any given chance, like any Sunday family lunch, that video is being played. Like, Dr. Francois, will you marry me? I only accept labia. You only accept labia rings. I mean, like, now I need to step up my game. I'm going to be like, listen here, brother, if you want to marry me... Now she took labia ring to the next level. She literally took that and like lived her best life with this uh, with this um, labia experience. I mean, it sounds like a pretty daunting experience to go through, but your patient like crushed it. Like she was jamming to Justin Bieber. She was pain free and she had a Gucci coochie. Pain free and she had a Gucci coochie. And there's the first Gucci coochie we've heard about, guys. Gucci coochies are a real thing. I mean, I don't know. Did you come up with that term? Um, I did not, oh, but I, I don't think yes. it's I don't think it's a common term being used. Um, so I'm just going to claim it. I mean, <laughs> I don't know anyone else who's ever used the the term Gucci Gucci. But if you're listening to this and you came up with the term Gucci Gucci, you can totally at Francois. But um, we're just gonna we're just gonna claim it for now because I think it is such a cool word for you know just like having yourself a designer vagina like. You know, there's some people who are okay with what they got and, you know, most of us are okay, but there's some people who just feel like they just want to feel like a little bit more, what's the word, Riley Reed? <laughs> or, oh, wow. yeah, you know, like just a little bit more, you know, on the, on, on, on the pretty side. So if you want a Gucci Gucci or a designer vagina, Dr. Leon Ellis is certifi certified to do these procedures, but 
answer will be there. Making sure that you are comfortable and that you forget. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then he'll also be there. D- uh, Dr. Frankie will be there with his uh, with his music requests. So if you want to play some T-Swizzle, what's her name? Is that right? T-Swizzle? I'm not a T-Swizzle fan. I'm a full-on Lady Gaga fan. Like, y'all can't sway me in any way or form. I think you've you've touched on some like seriously interesting topics but like i mean i think what my listeners really want to know are some like personal things are you ready are you ready okay so francois are you single i am single are you single very much okay all right so i have so many questions if you're single why are you single so um, I was in a, a long-term relationship mm-hmm. while I was an undergrad and a little bit afterwards, I, after I qualified. Um, however, life sort of pulled us in different directions. So yeah. the relationship ended on good terms, but good. I got a new baby that I had to look after. And what I mean by that Not is... Not a real baby. <laughs> Not a literal surprise baby, guys. Come on. And that's the business that my colleague, Dr. Vincent, and I started together. So it became a a massive priority in my life. Mm. And I sort of had to start managing my time and energy effectively. And uh, I realized the things that I had in my previous relationship, how I wanted to improve. And I didn't want to jump into anything that I know I either couldn't commit to because I've got other commitments. And, um, you know, I'm in this new chapter of my life where uh, you become a bit selfish with your time and your energy because And there's every nothing wrong with that. I mean, putting your career first and like the things that you want to focus on, is there's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. I also don't believe in uh, looking for something. If it happens, it happens. If we gel, we gel. Chemistry is chemistry. Exactly. Path of least resistance. That was like the best piece of relationship advice my friend Sean gave me once. He was like, go on the path of least resistance. If it's giving you resistance not right so you gotta just keep on so yeah exactly like if you feel the chemistry and you feel sort of like something's right then then go for it but there's no need to force something especially if you're like in this really good space where you're focusing on the practice and you know ensuring that people are healthy and that they're being looked after and like this is the new chapter in your life then that's okay it's okay to be single like listen yeah, there's no shame in being single like we both know this but um if you had to sort of distinguish like what your perfect okay there's no such thing as the word perfect like I I say perfect pretty loosely like what is like your perfect sort of ideal partner in a person I think being independent is very important yeah Um, having your own set of values and being able to establish your own goals and not necessarily have to you know be dictated to and that's something i've seen quite often in relationships and you'll be surprised how prevalent it is where there is this um you know patronizing patriarchal society yeah okay where yeah. M- you know women get mansplained to oh my gosh i've had many of those <laughs> and um i I just don't feel like that needs to be the case. You know, I don't need to bend your will or have you be compliant. Just be who you are. Exactly. Like be who you are and like have your own sort of set of like goals and sort of things that you want to accomplish and like go after them, right? Precisely. Um, And then like when you said like your own set of values, like do you believe that it's really important for you guys to share the same sort of set of values, like mutual values? Or are you okay with someone sort of like being who they are and having their own sort of ideas even if they don't sort of match yours like 
No, I think, I think I think sharing values is almost fundamental to the yeah. success of the relationship. Yeah. You know? so because you believe in two different things. Exactly. So think of loyalty as a value. Yeah, you know, exactly. If, if one person believes that loyalty is a value and the other person feels that polygamy is a value, you know, that's not really going to mm. gel in the relationship. Yeah. That's an, that's an interesting take on that. Polygamy. That's definitely a topic on my podcast that I want to talk about. Polygamy is just such an interesting thing. Unless you both share polygamous partners and you're all loyal to one another. That is really interesting. Like, I've obviously, I've, I've, I've like been very curious on the whole sort of like polyamorous um, concept. Um, can't say that I've ever been in a polyamorous relationship or I've ever tried to be in a polyamorous relationship, but I've like often been like, I actually did like a, a like an Instagram poll on my Instagram like two years ago. This is like before I even thought that I wanted to create content, whatever, I was busy starting my novel and I was like, what does everyone think of monogamy versus polyamorous relationships? And then I was actually surprised to see how many people actually voted for polyamory. And I was like, Oh, we've got a lot to talk about. Like, I'm interested now. You should have gone to see what proportion of those respondents were men. And I did. I did. And I think about 85% of them were men. Okay. Which is quite... Ex- That's like, skewed. I actually... Say again? That's skewed. Why is it skewed? <laughs> well, if 85% of them said, they are four. So, no. So, 85% of the people who voted for polyamory were men. Okay. So, obviously, you've got a split between monogamy... And polyamorous, okay. right? So you had. So if you had, if you had a hundred people who said oh, yes to polygamy, hundred percent yes, it was about eighty-five percent male. Thank you, thank you for clarifying. My maths is not good. I did not do maths at school. I did maths lit, and I did like home economics. I, I, I learned how to cook like the perfect pavlova. Like I did not learn how to do mathematics. Okay, where's the pavlova? Come. What do you mean? This is a no-eating studio, oh, Francois. We can go and get something to eat after Coffee this, and okay? dessert after it's done. We're not drinking coffee, that's for sure. Um, but anyway, so I was really interested in sort of like hearing how, you know, polyamorous relationships and like how does, like out of, out of your sort of like medical professional sort of background, how does that affect someone and their, this is quite an interesting question. How does it affect someone and their sort of sexual health, their experiences. Like, how does one have a successful and healthy and safe polyamorous relationship? I mean, I probably know what you're going to say, but because there's probably a lot of people who like to experience with multiple partners or have polyamorous relationships or like to swing, there's no judgment in this place. Like, I mean, this is a safe space for everyone to listen to and be like, oh, I didn't think about that. I really want to talk about that. So... How, what is like, you know, what are the, what is the norm? Not necessarily the norm, but like what is like the, the, the correct way to go about this? I think the most important thing in a situation like this would be communication. Communication. You're fundamentally. Fundamental. We can't read minds. Yeah. Okay? Some people are, you know, good enough to read body language and tonality and voice, but they can't read minds. So... You have to communicate with your partner or partners in situations like this because what one person might think is okay is actually not tolerable by the other. Yeah, you can't assume that your your partner of like two years is going to be okay with you sleeping with somebody else. 
Exactly, you know, and people tend to be quite passive aggressive when it comes to conflict. Ooh, people triggering. do not like conflict resolution or management. So <laughs> they, they, they try to rub it off, and then you know it ends up in things like silent treatment yeah. or whatever kind of other negative uh, response. Yeah. So you know, I'm not really sure how many people um, in what demographic in terms of age groups are interested in polygamy or polyamorous relationships. I think. Some people, as you age, especially if you've been in a relationship for a long time, look to spice things up. Yeah. And then, yes, you get things like, you know, swingers or you want to try and invite a third that yeah. might be either a stranger Reasons, or a friend. Throuples, yeah. Exactly. And um, I think that humans are inherently curious and inquisitive and we're sexual beings, right? And if you're comfortable with your sexuality, then we should explore those things. Yeah. Why not? Because it's supposed to be an experience and experiences should be fun and enjoyable and memorable. Yeah, exactly. But if if it feels like a thing, then it's probably a bad idea. Right, so it should be a th- an experience, not a thing. There's like apparently a really big difference between the two and like I'll let you guys figure out that yourselves, but if it feels like it's something that's needed, then there's probably like a fundamental problem. Especially if it's one-sided. Yeah, especially if it's one-sided. If you're like forcing, not forcing, there's no such thing as forcing. If you're like pressuring your partner to do something that they may not feel comfortable with, then there might be a bit of a an issue. And like, I'm no relationship expert or sex expert, but if you're pressuring your partner and they're not feeling comfortable, then you guys should probably go to therapy and probably try and figure this out. But well, I mean, yeah, not necessarily therapy, but to sit together and figure it out. Yeah, you know, sit together. Why, why does one partner want to have a third or, you know, Why do you want to invite like a third what's person the, to this? What's yeah. the intention? Yeah. Is it because are they bored? Are they, you know, not being stimulated by their partner? Is it been so many years that they've been having the same sort of experiences over and over and over again? Like, how are there other ways? And not to discredit polyamorous relationships at all. I mean, I do believe that, you know, we have the freedom of choice to do whatever we want to do. And if you want to do that, then that's amazing. Like, go for it. Like, you know, if you and your partner are consensual to both sort of ideas of this, then go for it. But if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, I think, and you'll know if they're the wrong reasons, if you're bored. If you're wanting to spice things up and you're both mutually consensual of that, then that's great. Then go for it. But if you're getting bored and you're just using it as an excuse to, what's the word? Like, cheat consensually? Is that like, is that a sort of I thing? I suppose you could call you it could that. You could use it that. Um, then you're doing it for the wrong reason. If you're just doing it yeah. because you've got a wandering eye, then, you, then you've got the wrong reasons. Um, but you, can, you can ask, uh, you know, a hundred men, what's their biggest fantasy? And I'm pretty sure it would probably be a threesome. Yeah. Right. Why? But why though? Is it because like they want to see like girl on girl action? Or is it because they want to see their, their partner yeah, having I, a bit of action? I think that's, you know, in, in terms of, a sexual experience, the one thing that can masculinize you the most, you feel that, wow, I am this all amazing human man and look at, look, I have look at all the women. wonder around me. Yes, like I've not yeah. only one, but two. I am, I am two. desired. I am desired, I am alpha, I am Precisely. the man and I have two women dawning. But you know what the funny thing is, like I have no experiences in threesomes, um, but from visually what i've seen is that generally the women are more interested in each other than 
they all with the men, which is actually quite entertaining to watch because not that I watch it. But um I I disagree. <laughs> Why do you disagree? I'm 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 all for it. So I, I think both usually if if it's uh one man, two girl, threesome, yeah, they both have uh, an interest in the man okay there will always be one female counterpart that would be considered the main female in terms of you know is it the, is it the girlfriend or the wife yeah precisely but um there gets probably it gets to a point where there might be jealousy right especially if the third is being given too much attention right yeah uh, and i think that's where conflict comes in and once again it comes down to communication what are the do's and don'ts where are our boundaries yeah where are our boundaries what is what's what's green lit what's orange lit what's red lit like that's and always have a safe word always have a safe word if you guys have a safe word <laughs> what would be your safe word don't say pineapple do not say pineapple Oh no, I wasn't going with pineapple. Probably not an English word. It would probably be an Afrikaans word like... No, that's like a mood... No, that is a mood killer. That is an absolute mood killer. No way. It's, you, you're definitely going to get someone's attention if you say pantoffel. Pantoffel. <laughs> <laughs> Try that one more time. Pantoffel. <laughs> or keep it classy. Keep it Christian grey. Red. Red. Is that... Was that... Red was means it? stop. Red means stop. That's so boring. I would totally say something like Ferrari. Ferraris are red. Yeah, exactly. Right? I'd rather say something like that. I mean, if you have a safe word and you feel like sharing these safe words, please, please DM me. What is your safe word? I really want to know what your safe word is. Jeez. Um, there's, there's been a lot of things that we've spoken about. Scream cream, O-shots, Femi lifts, you know, all these fantastic things. But you do like fillers and Botox, all the fun things like that don't involve your vagina. Correct. Right? I mean, you can put fill in a vagina. We didn't talk about that. Oh one. my gosh, there's a whole nother segment there, okay? So, quickly. Yes. Um, it's called uh, a labia augmentation or labia majora augmentation. Yeah. And you know, as you age, you get something called vaginal atrophy, okay? And that's basically due to a lack of estrogen in your body. Yeah. So, your labia majora, the outside lips, they become a bit thin and crepey. And we can restore volume to that area by putting filler in there. No way. So like girls, like it's like putting filler in your face, like in your in your in your lips on your on your face, not down there. But it's literally putting filler down there. It's that is it's putting filler in your lips. Putting filler in your downstairs lips. <laughs> that is insane. Yes. And is that quite a popular thing? Like people like people to do people that. people don't know about it. Okay, um, now so, you guys so someone do. someone that's quite established, like Dr. Natalia Novikova. Yeah. I mean, a lot of her patients come to see her not for her obstetrics or gynecology services, but for aesthetic gynecology services. You know, so um, we we offer it. We do do patients, but because it's not D Durban is a bit behind on the aesthetic scene yeah. in general. Yeah. Cape, Cape Town and Joburg are very far ahead, and I think so it's down to. Ahead population density mm. and the tourism that they receive yeah for sure um and uh yeah we, we we do see it but not one of the most popular procedures and i think it's just due to a lack of awareness well guys now you're aware about all these procedures and I, if you if any of these sound somewhat appealing to you or something that you feel like you might need well, you guys know where to go. You guys just need a book consult at Pearls Made in Mklanga at the Pearls Mall um, with Francois Ellers and uh, his uh, partner Vince um, or Leon, his dad. 
And uh, yeah, you guys might just get yourself sorted out in any way or form. If it's like downstairs or upstairs on your face, you know, I was saying you do Botox and filler and all the things. That's on my bucket list of things. I'm still waiting for my invitation. Um, so there's a lot of things that you guys can get sorted out at um, Pearl's Men's. So you guys should probably give them. Where can they find you? And for everyone listening, before I tell them, mm-hmm. since it's February and in the spirit of the month of love, we are running specials on all these procedures, including Ooh. the sexual health procedures. Ooh. So where they can find me, I'm in the Pools Mall. We have two facilities. Pools Med is our latest, which is the multidisciplinary practice that Dr. Vincent and I have mm-hmm. started, which is on level 3A above Dischem. But Aesthetic Options is our other practice. So it's uh, an esteemed aesthetic emporium. Ooh, that is a very spicy word. Carry on. That not only caters for facial aesthetics, but also body rejuvenation. Okay, so you guys know where to find him, okay? But if if they want to reach you, besides coming straight to the doors and being like, hey, Frankie, Dr. Frankie, I want to play Justin Bieber and get the O-shot done. Um, How can they find you on social media? So I'm on social media, on Instagram and Facebook. You can find me at at Docs, E-H-L-E-R-S-D-O-C-S. I'm also at at Aesthetic Options, Z-A, on both Facebook and Instagram, or aestheticoptions.co.za or yellowsdocs.com. You guys, there's, there's absolutely no excuse as to why you can't get hold of these fabulous docs and all of the incredible services and, and offers that they have. I mean, they've got some pretty unique offerings that maybe you're feeling a little bit intimidated by. Maybe you're feeling like you really want to sort of like give it a shot. Maybe your partner wants you to give it a shot. I don't know. Whatever. The only shot you should get is the O shot. The O shot. I mean... Besides the tequila shots you're about to drink, um, the O shot is the one shot that you want to be um, getting from Francois. Um, and I think you guys know exactly what you want to do. I mean, this is, I just want to remind you guys that this is a safe space, a place for us to sort of feel empowered, enlightened, educated, and just sort of feel excited to speak about these kind of conversations that, that maybe feel a little bit taboo, maybe a little bit uncomfortable. And we're kind of trying to debunk that just so that you guys feel that this is a cool place, like, you know, a place where you feel like you can just hop on, listen on your morning commute to work or your evening night in the bath with your glass of wine or whatever it is and sort of just listen to some cool, candid conversations with CLG. And uh, Francois, I just wanted to say thank you for being a part of this experience. And I'm super excited. CLG, this was straight up candid. Thank you for having me. I had a blast and uh, hopefully we can empower some women along the way. Listen here, we're all about empowering women and their partners and whoever is being affected by their sexual health and their own female pleasure. And if you guys are interested, you know where to find Francois. And please, please don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Carla Louise Gailey, aka CLG The Great. Listen to my podcasts because this is the first of many and I'm honored to have you as my first guest. So thanks, Ronza. Confidence, love and gratitude. Confidence, love and gratitude. Happy, healthy, wealthy, kind and grateful. This is your girl CLG and she is out to go drink some tequila with Dr. Frankie. Peace out, guys. Cheers. 
And that is all for tonight, guys. Thank you so much for listening to my very first podcast, the pilot episode. We did it. I'm so excited. I am probably going to go and drink a glass of champagne or some Warwick First Lady Caps have. Shout out. Guys, please, please find us every fortnight. I'll be dropping a new episode that is every two weeks on uh, lifestyle.fm, the website. You can follow us on Instagram, which is lifestyle88fm on Instagram. And please, guys, follow me, Carla Louise Gailey on Instagram, as well as Illa's Docs. E-H-L-E-R-S-D-O-C-S on Instagram. So please go find them. Go book yourselves a consult with Dr. Francois Ehlers and uh, get yourselves sorted. That's all for tonight, guys. Have an amazing, happy, healthy, wealthy, kind, and grateful evening. CLG out.